This week on Prepping 2.0. You want to hitch your cart to the guy running the universe. That's basically what I'm saying. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in 3, 2, 1. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0, joined by my co-host on the show, co-host in life, Glenn Tate. Well, in this non-denominational, non-preachy episode, we talk about God's role in your preps. Now, if you're not a believer, you'll still find this interesting. If you are a believer, you'll find this episode energizing. And as always, remember, the only thing harder than planning for a disaster is explaining why you didn't. One of the number one things that we talk about tout. often. Yes, tout. tout. It rises to tout level. We elevate. Thank you. We showcase. Vocabulary for a thousand weeks. Exactly. Is the absolute need that one of the number one things you need, one of the number one things, one of the top mm. five things, let's mm-hmm. put it that way, that you need to always think about. Spit it, it out. What you talking about? Water. Mm-hmm. Making sure that when whatever source of water you have, whether it be a city water source, whether it be a well, that you are ready to be able to have an alternative and be able to purify it and store it. A best place to go to do that. Check it out at our website, prepping2-0.com. Click over on Friends and Affiliates and you'll see Pro One over there. Mm -hmm. They have an amazing gravity-fed countertop tank that you can use, especially in a kind of a lost your utilities while, you know, pipes are frozen or something sort of situation to a whole house system. But what a great way to just with a couple of clicks get that checked off your list taken care of top 100 items that disappear first from a list from bosnia survivors available on our website which is prepping2-0.com number 49 shampoo toothbrush toothpaste mouthwash and nail clippers this stuff does not go bad. Am I correct? No. There's no expiration Just date think on toiletries. Your toiletries, when you mm-hmm. leave an overnight bag kind of toiletries, mm-hmm. shelves go bare. I suggest layering, as I suggest for every prepping item, layer. I think you should have like regular size stuff, like full tubes of toothpaste and full bottles or whatever, containers of mouthwash. And then also tons of travel size stuff. They're really cheap. They're a buck. And they're great to hand out to people, charity stuff that will go a long way. We're going to be talking about charity in the remainder of this episode. And so one of the great things to do charitably is travel size stuff. You're not going to regret it. Well, here's what you missed from a recent after show if you're not a Patreon. When I see something out there that is a non-electrical appliance because everything's electric anymore, grab it. Um, found a flashlight that's a hand-cranked flashlight. Grab one. Mm-hmm. Um, the old-fashioned egg beaters, you know, the little hand ones that you crank that Love are them. hard to find. So if you can find anything, coffee grinders, grab them and stash them. I totally agree with you. And the list is extremely long. Aren't you just a little curious what the funny quote page segment is? I think you are. Patreons get to hear it. It's two bucks a month. Go to prepping2-0.com and click on the Patreon button or get on the Googles and search for Prepping 2.0 and Patreon. Well, let's get into it, everybody. Announcements time. We have been waiting for this announcement for so long. We have dribbled it out, but now it's for reals with a Z. Shelby, what is for reals with a Z? Food Preps 2.0 has been released. Dun-da-da-da. And what's that website? It is foodpreps2-0.com. So if you're looking for the links, if you're looking for how to order your copy, whether it be a digital version, a Kindle version, or a paperback version, those links are there. We're still putting a few things together where all of this is on prepping2-0.com. Go ahead. Yes, foodpreps2-0.com also has some free stuff, which is cool. Oh, this is awesome. The table of contents is there. We put it on there, number one, so you can see what the book is about. And number two, we put it up there to impress you because you're going to say... Holy smokes, it's seven pages single-spaced of a table of contents, and you will see we have covered everything from thinking about food preps to taking care of the garbage after you've cooked a bunch of stuff. It, candidly, is impressive. We worked on it for three years. We are in love with it. We also have on foodpreps2-0.com, foodpreps2-0.com, we have a link to the resources guide, which is included in the book. And it's got links 
to all kinds of stuff we talk about, books on home canning and a variety of other things. And that is a great place to start getting the stuff that the book tells you you need. But more importantly, you know that you need. You didn't need a book to tell you. Well, Shelby and I believe God is in charge of the universe. Why wouldn't you consider him in your preps? He's running the show. His input is more than important. And as I said at the beginning, this is non-denominational, non-preachy. There are other podcasts, there are great podcasts that can talk more sort of directly about religion. We're talking about the role of God, creator of the universe, master of the universe, in your preps. And I will say, much like many topics we cover on Prepping 2.0, this is a topic that I don't think many others cover because we get really in depth and we look at prepping as a lifestyle, a way of life, a frame of mind. And it's not just, you know, 10 things to put in a bug out bag. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Let us start off by, as we've mentioned, noting this is non-denominational and non-preachy. If you're not a religious person, if you don't believe in God, this is not meant to offend you, but it is said with love and respect. Go ahead and skip this episode. And we don't mean to be standoffish, but we're acknowledging this may not be everybody's no, cup don't of tea. Want, we don't want to offend you. Right. And we're not here to like, you know, trick you to support our ministry or whatever, because we don't have one. And so this is episode 276. We have 275 previous episodes that will not offend you. And we would love for you to spend time on the 275 episodes that you like. And so it's cool is what we're saying. It's cool. We're not going to guilt you or anything. And I would say if you don't believe in God, you should continue listening to the show because I think you'll find it interesting. And if you do believe in God, as I said earlier, you're going to find this energizing because I think Shelby and I are going to articulate some things that you've thought and maybe not said out loud. And that's always fun when we can do that. Well, the starting point for our analysis is the fact that God is in our lives and two relevant examples of that, because we're going to keep tying things to preps. This isn't about, you know, butterflies and stuff like that. This is about prepping. The first thing where God has come into our life would be our books. I will talk about 299 days and Shelby will talk about the God role in a great state. Simply put, and some of you have heard me previously say this, and so I'll commend the long version of this story to past episodes. God wrote 299 days. I was the guy at the keyboard. There were absolutely amazing, mind-blowing revelations to me in this book that I tell you, I was not nearly smart enough to come up with on my own. On more than one occasion, actually it became pretty routine. I would be at the keyboards. I would get up at about three in the morning to write. And I would sit there and these amazing, and I'm going to say brilliant because I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about God. So I feel like it's okay for me to say it because that's the word that comes to mind. These brilliant storylines, the prose, the word choice, all of the stuff, it would just flow out of my fingers onto this keyboard. And I can't stress it enough. It wasn't me. I don't have that kind of ability. I don't have that many cool stories. There are dozens of storylines in this book, and there are 350 named characters. Making sure even simple things like calling them the same name all the time was a Herculean task. And I'm telling you, I'm not smart enough to have pulled that off. And I know, I don't know, but I strongly suspect why God worked with me on this and used me. I've done a post before about how normally in our society, if you say you've been used, it's like a terrible thing. It's like, well, you can't tolerate that. Well, there's one exception. When you're used by God, it is a blessing. It is hard to put into words how magnificent it is. When you realize that you've been used by God for his purpose, there's no better feeling in the world. And so God was using me to get a message out. And you guys know the message of 299 days. There are many messages, but one of the overarching messages is treat people well, be the good guy. Don't take a disruption as an opportunity to go kill people that you've never really liked. 
that's terrible. And it leads to bad consequences, as I think some of the characters in the book found out. So I am absolutely convinced God wanted a book out there and it was very commercially popular. So it got out to a couple hundred thousand people. He wanted the message out there that I was giving, which was treat people well. Remember, you have to answer for your life. At the end of your life, you have to account for your life. And so you need to really take that in consideration when big time questions come up that involve some things that are permanent, like living and dying. So that's the short version. Believe me, the long version is long, but it's absolutely crystal clear to me that God directed the writing of this book. The reason you are listening to me right now is because God wants you to. He orchestrated all of this. It's not me. So Shelby, I think you have something to say, and then we'll talk about your books. Yeah, I want to give an awesome shout out to our wonderful sponsors. You can find all of them at our website, prepping2-0.com. Head on over there, click on friends and affiliates, and there you will find a company that I definitely opened some of their packages today, Survival Garden Seeds. I'm planting my spring plants right now. Come and take it, Armor, Katie Armor, Backwoods Home Magazine. EMP Shield, protect all of your devices, your home and your car from any sort of CME or EMP or lightning strike. Paul Burke Realtor, check him out at Paul Burke with an E, ID, homesearch.net, Gibbs Arms. I'm going to let you talk about them, but then there's also... They're awesome. Podcast Access. Exactly. Gibbs Arms, G-I-B-B-Z Arms. They make really innovative AR platform pistol caliber carbines and rifles mind-blowingly cool stuff and podcast axis axis if you want to sound as good as we do on the podcast because you have an awesome producer who takes medium level of talent and turns it into something that sounds amazing through his electronic trickery which he does on a daily basis you want andy and he's at podcast axis.com well let's have you tell the story about God's role in your books. So God's role in my books was very different than yours. I'm going to be honest with you. I've never really had God's voice come in my head audibly like he has you. And I think that's pretty typical. Mm -hmm. All of us have a very different experience that way, but God is still the God of all of us. Mine was more the message. Mine was there's one spot in my books where I do talk about God, and that is in the beginning in the first book when the main character finds out that one, her ex, has returned to the disaster area, the collapse area, because he has uh, gotten a young girl pregnant. And my main character looks at her son and says, we need to pray for him, mm -hmm. and we need to pray for that baby. And um, so that's the only time I like overtly said something that, you know, referred to Christianity. But my message was very Christian in nature, a very God-centered in, in uh, nature. And here's the background of that. I have always been very concerned. My primal um, concern comes to women and children. If you want to see Shelby go all angry, it's when you start talking about trafficking, sexually trafficking children, victimizing women. And where that came out for me when I first started writing my books was when I was watching the disaster and the collapse of, I always say it wrong, Venezuela. That's perfect. I got it, Venezuela. And the stories coming out of women selling themselves and their children to feed themselves. And that has happened historically in all collapses, if you look back at World War II, during the bombing of Europe, and especially Britain, what were women doing? Honestly, prostituting themselves and their children to feed themselves because of the forced collapse by the Nazis. So women and children go first, right? And they're the ones that are the first victims, I should say. They're the easy victims. I think that's why they're being used um, as they are right now, politically at our southern border. And so I felt compelled, I should say, to prepare women because we live in a culture. So we have that going on. In our culture, we now live in a culture where over 50% of children are born to single parents, which are moms. The insane amount of single parents that are out there that are women is, is insane, which means they are financially poor. They have a hard time just paying their monthly bills because they're not a dual income, a family. And, um, and they're struggling. 
So who's going to be here in the United States, the first victims? Women and children. And our government is happy to um, subsidize that and to make that and, and to incentivize that. And so that's the message behind my book, how to get out of that and change your mindset so that you are prepping at the same time. And, and it's not easy. Talk to women who are single and are preppers. They're tough as nails. It's difficult. It's not easy. And it's never perfect. But they are more ready for a collapse than a lot of others out there. So that's where my where God really inserted himself was in that message and how to empower women especially women who are single moms to to grab onto some of their own willpower and make it happen. The other reason God is in our lives, the other example, and you guys are relatively familiar with this. In 2021, I almost died a couple times. Um, I had cancer, which is gone now. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, literally. And I was on a ventilator for eight days for new listeners. Uh, the ventilator has an 80% death rate. And uh, Shelby was praying. Many of you listening uh, were praying. Thank you so very much. Uh, she was picking out a burial plot for me. True story. I mean, why would you make that up? And uh, because of all the prayers, it's absolutely crystal clear to me, because of all the prayers, I'm alive and I have a job to do down here. And I think that having conversations like we're having right now is one of my jobs. Well, and I want to jump back to that because how that came about, especially if you're a new listener, and I think it's worth reflecting on. If you go back to October 31st of 2021 on the Prepping 2.0 Facebook page and look at the videos, there you'll see this huge kind of onslaught of videos and they start kind of actually they're probably more like October 30th or October 29th October 31st of that year is that was the day you went on the ventilator on October 30th was the day when you called me from the hospital saying I want to go on a ventilator and that scared the living bejeebers out of me and it was one and I want people to hear this so I want to kind of elaborate on this I very, and I, I say this as shamedly, but I also say this as someone who prepares because God is in my life. I very rarely find myself in a position where my only option to do something is to pray. I try to make sure that I am taking care of myself so that I don't have any, so that I'm not at zero options like that, like that moment. And I put it out there. I did a live feed excuse me, on social, on Facebook and said, we need to pray for Glenn. This is serious stuff happening here. And then the next day I I did a live feed in the morning saying, I'm going to the hospital. Please pray, pray for Glenn. And then when I came home from the hospital that night after you had gone on the ventilator, that's the hard one to watch. That's the one where I pour my guts out to the whole world saying, we have got to pray for Glenn Tate. He is on a ventilator. And this was during a time, ladies and gentlemen, when people were going on the ventilators left and right. I mean, it was, that's when COVID, at least where, where we lived in the country and around the country, it was, was taking people out. And I was scared to death and I had no other options but to ask for a prayer. You were out of, you were out of my reach. I couldn't, um, I couldn't see you. I couldn't help you. I couldn't influence medical decisions, which, you know, not going to lie, kind of ticked me off. That was the medical establishment at the time, kind of still is. And, um, and I just, for about a week there, I did some pretty intense about once or twice a day live feeds. And I encourage you to go watch them if you want. I mean, you're going to spend, I mean, I tried to make them so they're like 10, 20 minutes each. But you can just see how God changed the course of mm-hmm. the situation over the course of the week. Because you were on a ventilator from that Sunday to the following Sunday, Monday, somewhere in there. It was eight days. Eight or nine days, something like that. Yeah. And you can just, each day, your numbers ticked up the numbers that we needed to hit the good numbers the good numbers that your process of being on the ventilator your numbers were going in the right direction and i am not you're you're never going to convince me that isn't because i called on every saint every christian and that would include many of you listening to many this of right you listening now. and many of you but many of you are new i i called on everybody and what was so cool is to i could see it on social media the shares of my videos um 
you know, everyone putting it out there. And I emailed everyone. I texted everyone in between all of that. And I was sick with COVID at the same time. And people just jumped in and and prayed. And the power of that was amazing. And when we got to the kind of the end of that, when you came home and you were actually even doing better, I remember the, the church... Um, I'm sorry, the hospital chaplain saying, the real miracle is that you didn't have to do any sort of um, lung therapy to to boost your lungs. You literally came off the ventilator and a couple of days later, you went home. I, I went back to work 10 days after getting off the ventilator and five days after getting out of the hospital. That is God. And so our bottom line point here is that we have seen with our personal lives and many of you many of you listening have participated in and know exactly what we're talking about you've participated in an actual miracle so given that god has done an actual miracle in our life we thought that we wanted to set the stage for you and let you know that's why we think god is in charge and to, and to add a fine point to that one of the things that God tells us in the Bible, when when there has been a miracle, you know, and I've talked about this a lot, when a miracle, when God has clearly, clearly participated and, and, and intervened and done something miraculous, which I do believe that was, um, you don't just take it and go hide in your corner and go, oh, yeah. I, oh man. good for me. I'm alive. Hey, thanks, yeah. everybody. No, you need to go talk about it. And talk about what yeah. God just did in your life and the miracle he just performed. And I will say that that was a miracle. That was a miracle that one, you survived cancer that year, and two, you, you survived COVID that year. It was amazing. So. Exactly. Well, here's another reason that we think God has a role in your preps, and that is you need to understand when you're going into a preparedness situation that there is good and evil. And that is not as trite and simplistic as it may sound. Of course, there's good and evil. We all know that. There's bad people. We see them on TV. No, you need to understand mm -hmm. that a, a core reality of life down here on earth is that there is a battle between good and evil. And we don't just mean, you know, cartoonish stuff that there's like, oh, the government's bad and all this stuff. No, we're talking about human beings are, number one, flawed, and number two, have a bad outside influence, we'll just say, acting upon them, trying to do destructive, chaotic, awful things. And when you are assessing a situation, you need to understand that people are going to be good or they're going to be evil. And especially on the evil part, because here in America, we, we have a, an approach, everything's awesome, people are cool, everybody's nice. We haven't experienced a lot of trauma, most of us in this country. And so we don't innately understand evil because none of, none of our neighbors or family members have ever been murdered by an ax murderer. So, I mean, evil, yeah, I guess it exists. I saw that on the news. It's very distant for us. You need to understand how real it is because that should factor in to a lot of your decisions. And conversely, you need to understand that there's good. There might be somebody that uh, comes into your life that helps you out and you need to understand where that came from. That's good. And that is God doing good things. So I want to, on the other side of the break, which we're fast approaching to the halfway point. Can you believe it? I want to, I want to expand on that a little bit after the break. So I'm going to keep you waiting. Join us on the other side. Don't go away. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or a CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself and save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. 
Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love new mana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com. In a tactical situation, your AR is your life. Gibbs Arms makes a sweet feature, the only side charger that can use a standard bolt carrier group with no modification. Gibbs makes them in 9mm, 5.56, and 308. In fact, Gibbs Arms has been granted eight patents for unique innovations. The company started back in 2008 when two Boeing engineers realized no one else made what they wanted. Take a look at their website and see all the ways Gibbs Arms can help you mod your AR. Gibbs with a Z, arms.com. That's G-I-B-B-Z-A-R-M-S.com. Without water, you're done in three days. Pro One water filters. It's literally a matter of life and wet. Pro One G 2.0 all-in-one gravity systems are NSF ANSI 42 component certified. Not everybody can say that. No need for additional add-on filters to reduce fluoride. Pro One stainless gravity systems include a stainless steel spigot and a countertop stand for no additional cost. Pro One water filter gravity systems. Check them out at ProOneUSA.com. That's P-R-O-O-N-E-U-S-A.com. Most tested, most trusted. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Thanks for rejoining us, folks. We're just getting started with our conversation about God's role in your preps. For even more, stick around for the after show, especially if you're a Patreon supporter. I want you guys to know about New Mana. They make freeze-dried food, and they make it in big, bulk quantities. These guys are the real deal. They're preppers. The other day, I had a phone call with the guy who runs New Mana, a guy named Daniel, and we were just chatting and stuff, and I said, hey, our book's coming out. He said, oh, super cool. Can't wait to read it. I just wanted to let you know, based on a recent conversation, New Mana, they're real people, and they're the kind of people that you are. Yes. And all things being equal, you should do business with people who are like you. Archive Dive, this is where we go back and we look at old episodes because we have so many new listeners. Thank you, new listeners that uh, you may not know about some of the good stuff in the past. We are looking now at episode 119 and 120 from February of 2021. And that was a little crazy concept we called Food Preps 2.0. We did two episodes on our overview of what ended up being a book. And uh, when I say a book, by the way, the best-selling new release in the survival and preparedness category as of right now, it's a bestseller. Already, it's amazing. I know. So, I mean, it all started with a couple episodes and then we thought... There's so much good stuff in here, we should really write it down in a book because it's gonna help people. Well, now we're resuming God's role in your preps and Shelby had some thoughts on good versus evil. So just wanna add one little detail that I think is important because you were just talking about good and evil and how we do walk on a fallen earth that has good and evil. And I think part of our Christian walk in this world and our human experience is that we will run into evil. 
And just to put a fine point, I remember you went on the ventilator on Sunday, October 31st. And the following Saturday, I don't know what, maybe it was that inside voice in my head, just made me stop and take pause that this whole COVID thing is evil. And where I come from on that is who would want so many millions of people to die so quickly? And who finds such joy in this completely depressing time when we're losing so many people? Well, Satan, Mm -hmm. the author of evil. And that's when I started praying very differently. And I asked other people, pray that the grip of death that only Satan finds happiness in would let go of you. And it was the next day or two that you were off the ventilator. Mm -hmm. So again, it was another miracle. But I just wanted to say, we live in this evil world that would love nothing more than to see our demise. So that's part of the reason why we prep. And part of the reason why we wrote our books is because we wanted to prevent that. Exactly. Now we're going to go on to a topic that I find absolutely fascinating. And that is, should Christians be preppers or is God just going to take care of everything and we don't need to do anything on our own? And I know when I phrase it that way, it sounds pretty simplistic and the correct answer is sort of presumed. This is a big deal. We have run into people in our lives who have said variations of, well, God's going to take care of stuff. You know, why do I need a water filter? God's going to provide. And the answer is, and human beings cannot understand this. I certainly cannot. Shelby cannot. There's an interplay between God's power and human choices. And I don't think we'll understand it until we go to heaven. And if one of our rewards in heaven is understanding this fully or partially, then that'll be a reward because it'll be spectacular to understand this, but God is wonderful. God is great. God can do absolutely anything. That doesn't mean that when there's a massive problem, disruption, an attack on the energy grid or whatever, that God's going to sprinkle his fairy dust and give you a generator that's working and has an endless supply of fuel. It just doesn't work that way. And we have a book that we love and it's called The Case for Christian Preparedness. Faith and Prepping for Survival. It's by our very good friend and a frequent guest, Forrest Garvin. And he specifically wrote a book about why Christians should be prepared. And here's some of the things he came up with. Number one, it's in the Bible. It's especially in the Old Testament, and it's also in the New Testament. God or Jesus, depending on who's doing the speaking, is very, very pro-preparedness. There are numerous examples of God giving warnings to good, faithful people and telling them to prepare for material stuff. Store up grain. There's going to be a famine for seven years. Store up grain. Because while God could make all of us miraculously function without food for seven years, it's not how he does it. And it's his call. He's in charge of the universe. It's not up to us to criticize God. And this is a really big problem. In fact, quite a few listeners right now are probably feeling a little weirded out because it's like, I'm talking to you directly. I am talking to you directly. If you think God's just going to take care of everything, I respectfully suggest that you are mistaken. And if you want to get the chapter and verse and all the examples, get the book, The Case for Christian Preparedness. It's laid out. It's very, very well researched. Forrest worked with a famous, I don't know if I can say the name, but a famous Christian author that that Christian book people would know the name. Norm Geisler. Okay. That Dr. Was Norm it. Geisler. Okay, there you go. I didn't know if we could say it, but I guess we can. We did now. Sorry, Forrest. NDAs, okay. non-disclosure agreements be dead. No, he, t- he said his name on when oh, okay. we had him on. Okay. Yeah. So, but anyway, this is not like the rantings of a crazy guy. This is theology and this is well documented. And so- Christians need to prepare. So the number one reason is that it's in the Bible and there are plenty of examples. And I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say, if you're a Christian, the Bible would be a good guideline for your life. I think that's fair to say. And so why would God want people to prepare? And let's focus on Christians to prepare. I guess God, I mean, it's up to him. I don't remember any examples of this in the Bible. God could want and encourage non-Christians to prepare. Okay, but let's focus on Christians. He wants us to prepare 
for a variety of reasons. Number one, it shows our faithfulness to him. When he says in the Bible, you need to prepare and here's why, and we do it, we're showing our faithfulness to God. Conversely, when he says this is something to do and you say, oh, that's crazy. I I don't want to do it. And my will is more brilliant than God's plan. That's not showing faithfulness. Shelby, you've come up with a word and I love how you describe this. So I'm going to ask you to describe it. Tell folks about what the remnant is and how God is involved and how prepping is involved. It sounds like the movie, uh, The Remnant, or some sort of you know dystopian, strange stuff out there. But if you go look in your Old Testament, time and time again, there's God's people. And in the Old Testament, that is the Jewish nation. He created the Jewish nation that came out of Egypt. They were rescued by God. They wandered in the wilderness. And there's this comings and goings of that remnant as you read through Old Testament history. Not stories, but history. Archaeology backs up all this stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Yes. So the Jewish nation grew and shrunk and grew and shrunk over the course of several thousand years. And many times because of their disobedience or their turning their back on God, he allowed them to be oppressed, to be imprisoned, to be slaves, slaves, to be killed, to die off and kind of become this remnant of people. And that remnant of people was always what carried God's message and his plan forward. And out of that remnant of people was the lineage of Jesus Christ, which was ordained by God from the very beginning. So we know when we read the book of Revelation, I am really simplifying this, you guys. So when you get to the book of Revelation, we know that when things- God is getting ready to come back slash coming back. When this earth is going to be destroyed- And we're going to go through this huge oppressive time again. There's going to be this remnant of God's people, which at this point in the New Testament times will be not just the Jewish nation, but the Christian nation, those who believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And we are called to be the faithful in that remnant. And we are called to have a very clear knowing of God's gospel to us and what it takes for us to see and see him on the, you know, in his kingdom, but also be able to keep those on earth that as we go through some pretty major suffering that sad to say, you go look in the book of revelation, that will not be fun for those of us who are going to be in that remnant. And I plan to be, I hope you hear that in my voice. I also plan to make sure those around me are surviving that awful, awful time. I need to assume I will be part of that unless God decide, unless I die and I go straight to heaven, which is easier. Christians could be raptured pain-free and get out of all this. And whether that's going to happen or not is a gigantic theological debate whether we're not going to have on this show. But Shelby's giving you the worst case. She's making her point about the remnant. I want to make sure that I am prepared for it. I know how to survive it. And my model for that is my Old Testament forefathers. Mm -hmm who showed themselves one faithful, but able to take care of themselves and to survive being oppressed and enslaved and all of those things. And that isn't just knowledge that pops into your head and you decide to, okay, today I'm going to be, you know, a slave that can handle being oppressed and starved and all that. Well, no, I'm planning to do it a little bit better than that. So here's another reason Christians should prepare. And that is you need to be alive in order to bring people to Christ. And that is so obvious, but it gets left out of the equation of so many preppers thoughts. I'll say that again. You need to be alive. So you need to be materially capable of surviving food and security and water. You need to be alive so you can bring other people to Christ. It just is a fact that (laughs) people don't come to Christ on their own. They need a little help from people down here And that is that, you know, another thing that is overlooked, I think, in the preparedness mindset. So it's great that you have a preparedness mindset, but you need to refine it and make it even better. And that is charity. Mm -hmm. Much like you can't be alive to bring people to Christ if you don't have the material things you need to be alive. You can't be alive to provide help and charity to people if you're dead. We all know, you know, you get on the airplane and they say that the oxygen masks drop and you have a little kid, put yours on first and then put one on the baby because you have to be alive and functioning in order to help other people. 
And don't, you know, dismiss this as a small thing. When I say charity, a lot of people think, oh, this is like some lecture on be nice to people. That's not the sense of the word I mean. I mean, in order to help people that you're going to want to help who actually need your help. These Mm -hmm. are good people. This is not, you know, giving away all your food to the first person who knocks at the door. That's not what we're talking about. We've done plenty of episodes on selective and well-informed charity. And we've also said some very controversial things about, you know what? You should probably turn away in some situations the majority of people that want your help. You should lie to them and say you've only got one can of beans and give them a can of beans. So we're not trying to virtue signal here about how nice we are, but you're going to want to help people. And they may not be strangers. They may be your family. They may be your friends. And you can only help them if you have the material means to help them. You can only have the material means to help them if you prep. You see how prepping relates to charity and prepping relates to being alive to bring people to Christ. Another aspect of preparedness for Christians that gets overlooked is you need to be alive, have the material means to be alive in order to be a good example Exactly for others. Because there are going to be a lot of really profoundly changed people that come out of whatever it is that's coming. And some of them will be profoundly good and improved, and some of them will be profoundly bad and not improved. And so you're going to have to be alive to be the example. And this is one of the proudest things about 299 days is, and again, I didn't do it. So thank you, God, for doing it. The example of Pierce Point, where the good guys were decent and operated fairly and humanely, and it worked because because decency and capitalism work and being horrible and oppression do not work. And when I mean work, I mean, you know, producing food and security and all of these other things. There's going to be a vacuum. There's going to be a tremendous vacuum of morality. And if you are able to be alive and serve as that example, there are going to be, you can't even understand how many people you're going to affect. And the numbers don't matter. If you affect one person, that's great. It's not a contest. And so you're going to be able to help people get better. There are going to be, for example, going into this collapse or disruption or whatever it looks like, people who are terrible, uh, let's say they're, uh, they're abusive people, let's say they're alcoholics, and they're going to be shocked and not be able to do what they were doing. There's not going to be any booze around after a while, by the way, for one thing. And they're going to look to, is it the motorcycle gang leader that they're going to look to as a model, or is it going to be you, the decent person who happens to be alive because you prepped? So don't discount the benefits to the world, to God, of being alive to be a good role model. And again, I just want to point out, as you say that, think of your Old Testament, being alive and helping others stay alive. That was one of the hallmarks of many of the Bible stories that I say stories. I don't like to say that because they are historical stories. Those that were part of that God raised up to be leaders amongst his people did exactly that. They looked out for others. They did the right thing. And that should be our model and how to conduct ourselves when this comes on. And so we're all practicing how to do that now to make sure we're able to do it as we go forward. And I believe part of this Christian mindset is part of our preps. And so that's kind of the reason why we wanted to have this show, right? Exactly. Here's another reason to let God have a role in your preps. He is in control of the universe. As somebody I like, uh, a podcast I like, he says, God's running the universe with his feet kicked up on a desk. It's not hard. It's not hard for God to do this. He's totally in control. Would you want to be aligned with and carrying out the will of who is in control of the universe or not? I mean, you know, you want to talk about close air support. uh, That would be God. I mean, time and time again, look at the American Revolution. How many times George Washington in particular, by every metric and account and rational explanation, should have lost And there were all these amazing victories that seemed to come out of nowhere. Well, we know where they came out of and we know why they 
happened. So you want to hitch your cart to the Mm. guy running the universe. That's basically what I'm saying. Hitch your cart to the guy running the universe. And the benefits are so tremendous and the cost is so small. You know what the cost is? It's admitting that you're not in control of the universe. I find that extremely easy to admit. I have plenty of examples of me not being in control of the universe, and I have plenty of examples of God being in control of the universe. This should not be a hard conclusion to come to. So why don't you, if you want to live and you want others to live and you want to do good stuff, why don't you get on team God instead of team you? Well, and one of the other things we wanted to talk about, and I'm wondering if you've kind of already hit it with what you've said, is the role of men and women in that. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and how men are the leaders in that? Yeah. Another biblical principle is that in general, and please allow me to qualify this so people don't get freaked out about what I'm saying. Men are when they are physically capable. And if you've been injured, it's not your fault. You're not a bad person. Men are directed to provide for their families and to lead their families. Does not mean being a dictator. When I say lead, I mean spiritually lead, morally lead, provide the good example. This is especially true of children. You need to be the good guy, basically, to boil it all down. And men, you cannot carry out your biblical role of providing and leading if your family is starving to death. Mm -hmm. And this has two parts to it. One is men, you need to provide and lead, as previously mentioned. And the second part of this is... When it comes to prepping, you need to lead. When it comes to prepping, you need to provide. You need to be the one to say, and believe me, I've lived this in my own life. And the the first draft of this did not go well. And that is, you need to say, we need to do these reasonable, inexpensive things in order to increase our likelihood of survival. And I don't care that maybe you want to spend the money on video games or a vacation or whatever, I'm telling you, I need to provide for this family. I need to have a plan. We all need to have a plan, but I need to plan and carry out something for when there's no food at the grocery store. And again, we're talking about very small amounts of money. This just makes sense. It's my job. And I've heard what you said that you want to go to Hawaii for two weeks, but it's not going to happen. And here's why. Here's what's really interesting about that. And I'm just going to throw some color commentary in here. I absolutely agree that God has called men to be the protectors and the providers for families. I don't care how you want to slice that loaf of bread. That is it. I don't care what sort of current, modern, modern, whatever flourishes you want to put on that. That is the bottom line. It gets really messed up in our culture and we just need to be cognizant of that. First of all, it really messed up was feminism, but, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of went downhill from there. Here's what's tricky. Let's go back to what I said at the very beginning of the show. When you have over 50% of children born in the United States are born to single people, you have a huge absence in our culture, especially American culture, of men as fathers and providers. You have a huge absence of that. And I remember um, years ago, I did an interview when my books were first coming out about how, well, women, if you don't have that provider, you need to step up. And, do it yourself. And do it yourself. And and is that is that going against God? No. Well, it's, no, it's giving, it's, not at all. it's dealing the hand you've de- been dealt, right? The the directive to prepare applies to men and women. Men have a unique role of being responsible for being a provider. But if they can't or if they won't, please, women, hear what I'm saying. Provide for yourselves. Take care of this yourself. This is not something where women can say, oh, the man in the household is going to take care of us. That, That is just as flawed as saying, God will take care of this. Although it's more flawed to think that a man will take care of it because a man can't do it and God can. God could, you know, I don't know, have you win the lottery and you spend all the money on MREs. I don't know. Just made that up. It's a silly example. God can provide for you, but it's, it's not his style. Right. 
the flip, to provide without any effort on your part. Right. And then the flip side of that, and we've had tons, I cannot say probably in the hundreds of times that people have commented or we've gotten comments from listeners, from fans, from readers who have, it's the guy you can tell by the way he writes his message to us where he's like, yeah, I'm working on the preps, but I got to make sure that I present it in a way to the wife or to the female in his life so that she is okay with this. And so I also want to put out there, there's a huge swath of the prepping community of men. And I give you mad respect where you are dancing that fine line of, we need to prep. That is my job. My job is to make sure I am providing and protecting this family. But I have this person I love very much who hates this. And you've been there. You've walked that line. Yes, I have. And how difficult that is because there's so much to lose there. And so men, God bless you for doing what God is, has required of you and has told you to do and has put on your heart. And trying to keep the peace. It's that is, I have mad respect for that. What are your thoughts? If you're a man out there and you are having this struggle because you're being thwarted in doing your job, but you're still determined to do your job. And I understand this from personal experience. Here's a message from this episode. God wants you to keep going. God wants you to do what you're doing. And the fact that it's hard means you will be rewarded more mm -hmm. in heaven. You went through more misery to get this done and do what God wants you to do than somebody else. Good for you. Well, and let me just say, I will say this. The Christian life is not easy. Everything is hard. It just is. I don't know what I, I, I get, um, Sad for people who are like, oh, I'm going to become a Christian and all my woes and worries and sadness and depression and sad things will all go away. Nope, not at all. Here's a, a final thought for you for the regular show. And that is this. If you're a Christian, you understand that when you die, you need to account for your life. You need to account to God for your life. The Bible is very clear. He will ask you a variation of this question. What did you do with the time and talents and opportunities I gave you. And if you say I watched a lot of TV, that's a terrible answer. Uh, you, you can still be saved, you can still be in heaven, but you're letting down the creator of the universe who saved you and went to great cost and expense to himself to save you. You know what a better answer is? God, I worked really hard. I took care of my family in every way made sure that they had, you know, Pop-Tarts if that's what they wanted. And I also made sure we had backup food. You have to account for your life. You get one shot at this and you need to make it count and you need to prepare because it is, in men's case in particular, it's your darn job. And on that final note, from Benjamin Franklin, one of our great forefathers, boy, this hits the spot today. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.